unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I have been sexualized by friends, by family members, by coworkers. Um, I mean, forget, like, like I've done a lot of traveling and just even by strangers on the street. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Saints Unscripted. And today is a topic that is very, very near and dear to my heart. In fact, I'm like more passionate about this topic than pretty much anything ever in the world. And it's, we're going to talk about women, how they're viewed in society, and specifically for this episode, how um, women are sexualized and um, how they're valued for physical traits and for their bodies. I have David with me here today. He is so gracious to kind of just be I, I'm sounding just... board of all of my feminist antics, but... Yeah, I'm just gonna, gonna kinda <laughs> I'm gonna kinda sit here and listen. But uh but one thing I can start us out with, if Please, it's okay, is uh, there was a two thousand seven study done by the American Psychological Association that kind of talks about talks about hypersexualization in our culture and it talks about um what is happening, like what it means to be hypersexualized, right? So I'm right. just going to read a couple of things here. So sexualization occurs when a person's value comes only from his or her sexual appeal or behavior to the mm-hmm. exclusion of other characteristics. I'm going to read the other ones real quick and then and then we'll, we'll dive in. Yeah. The other one yeah. is uh, a person is held to a standard that equates physical attractiveness uh, with being sexy. Mm-hmm. A person is sexually objectified that is made into a thing for others' sexual use rather than seen as a person with the capacity for independent action and decision-making. Mm-hmm. And sexuality is inappropriately imposed upon a person. Sounds a little confusing, but... Yeah, no. Um, actually, let's get into it with that last one. Sexuality okay. is inappropriately imposed upon a person. Um, I'm going to share an anecdote from yesterday. I was, so I'm actually an editorial assistant for BYU Magazine. So I interview people on BYU campus. A lot of them are professors. And I was doing some research yesterday, and there is this incredibly accomplished uh, BYU professor who had the chance to go give a TED Talk. And I was looking at the TED Talk to try to get to know her a little better. And I was so impressed and enlightened by the content of what she was saying. And then I scrolled down into the comments just to kind of see how other people had reacted to her. And there were five, six, seven sexually explicit comments about this professor on the stage of TED Talk and saying horrifying things like... I want to get in bed with her. Like, look at those legs. It was just so, um, it was a slap in the face reminder that for hundreds and thousands of years, women have been viewed and uh, valued primarily for their bodies. And this is, this runs so deep. And uh, back in the day, women were kind of viewed as wombs, as the child makers. And that's where a lot of their value came from. And uh, you know, men and women would get married so that they would be able to have posterity and progeny and that they would be able to continue that family line. And so it was very, very important that women's bodies were functional. And what's so sad is that often, um, if women couldn't have children or women were perceived as not virtuous or not 
virgins. They were publicly shamed, and uh, there was a lot tied to that, which I think is kind of what a lot of this stems from. And, and so today, there is this huge emphasis placed on women being attractive, being devoted to the man, being submissive, being available. I think that we're working through that. What's cool, though, is that I think that we have evolved a lot over the years and that we are um, experiencing an age where women are given voices and and are appreciated for things other than physical. But um, it's so interesting whenever I um, look through these episodes in the comments, um, sometimes there's one about like, oh, I like when Samantha said this. It really helped me. I love those. But there are usually at least a couple of comments on my appearance, on my hair, on my style, which honestly is kind of fun and exciting. But it just kind of shows that our culture places a huge emphasis on bodies and women and their appearance as kind of their their value and what we we look at first. Do you have just like any thoughts from your life or? Well, I guess one one question that I have. I feel like. We live in a in an era where women are valued and have more rights than they ever have, right? And I that's so true. But yeah. it's like hypersexualization is worse than it ever has been, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you can't even turn on the TV for five minutes without running into something right. that you're like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Why? Why do you think... Because you would think that as one increases, this other one would decrease, right. but they're both increasing. Yeah. So I worked as a little journalist intern when I was 15 and 16, and I was flipping through the archives of these really old newspapers. And there was one from the 1960s um, where there was literally an ad that said that women should buy this dress because if they didn't, their husbands would cheat on them. That was literally the premise of the ad. Um, and I just, and this was in the newspaper that like from little Holbrook, Arizona, where I was from, this was like, I, I looked at that and I just like, couldn't believe it. And so I think we have come a long way from like the very explicit sexism, but you're right. Like with social media and, and like YouTube and videos being more common and pervasive than ever before women feel like in pictures and in videos, they have to like show skin and, and like be sexy. And I think that sometimes women are able to do that because they want to, and they feel empowered to, but so often in order to have professional success or or be viewed as sexy or successful, women do feel like they have to invest in their appearance and, and show more skin. And personally, I have found that if I don't like wear makeup and and really put my best foot forward with my appearance. I don't get hired for jobs. I don't go on as many dates for sure. Um, I'm not taken as seriously in meetings. Um, We equate beauty and physical attractiveness of women with their, their value and their ability to contribute. So, um, and with that, exactly like what you were saying with the, the way that women are portrayed in commercials Women are expected to be lean and tan and have the perfect long shiny hair and to have the perfect makeup and the symmetrical face and the big breasts and like be curvy. And 
and they're viewed as sexual objects instead of like, and women feel so insecure because they feel like they can't have a normal body and they feel shame around that. Like, okay. It's an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. And they're like, okay, do I need to like get fake tanner? Do I need to, and then this is a whole other thing. Do I need to lose weight? And then people have eating disorders. And I mean, we did a whole episode about the fact that I have a mild eating disorder and that I was raised with the rhetoric that if you are not skinnier, you're not going to get married. I, that was a philosophy that I grew up with. So, um, and so there is this question where, okay, if I'm flat chested or if I have cellulite or if I look like a normal human, I'm not going to be able to have all of my dreams come true, like having a husband and family and having a career. So I guess a lot of this um, surrounds the idea of where your perception of value comes from, like mm -hmm. like what makes you valuable to society. Right. Um, and a lot of that is coming from the media, right, unfortunately, mm -hmm. right. and it's billboards and it's tv and it's the internet and it's social media saying this is the ideal mm -hmm. and if you don't measure up to right. this then your value is less which side note a lot of that content is produced by men who are putting out what what they want women to be it's and true and that's a big problem but at right. the same time and, and i'm not you know i'm not saying it's 70 percent men and 30 percent women or whatever i don't know what that is but but a lot of this i mean is it just coming from men or, or who is to blame, I guess? Yeah. Okay. So this is complex. First of all, I want to say that I feel so strongly that men also need to be liberated in terms of they need to feel like they don't have to be hyper-masculine. They can be sensitive. They can be dads. They can be intelligent. They don't have to be that bumbling sitcom dad that doesn't have any intelligence. I'm so for empowering men as well. Um, to answer your question, I think that it does stem almost exclusively from men and what they have asked the women in their lives to do to satisfy what they, their expectations. But often that comes from uh, the mothers and female mentors in our lives because there's kind of a girl code. We're kind of trying to watch out for each other. So, um, for example, you know, my mom definitely you know taught me like hey this is how to dress this is how to interact this is how to date and she was taught that by her mom um and it is to be more appealing to men but the channel is often through women who have also felt throughout time that this was the only way to be successful and so they're passing down their secrets to you so that you can also be successful in a world where it, you know, men have most of the leadership positions and a lot of the say, a lot of the power. So it's, it's kind of a way for us to survive. And so we kind of teach each other. But I think that that needs to stop. I think that it starts with empowered women realizing, like, I can be valued for my intelligence and my creative and my leadership and, um, and starting to teach the next generation of girls that it's okay for you to be an equal mm -hmm. and, um, and that if people stop viewing you as a sexual object, that's actually really scary. Like the idea that I'm going to put my character 
as my defining trait instead of my appearance, there's something extremely vulnerable about that. Like, am mm. I going to find love if I do that? Am I going to have a career? I have been so incredibly blessed to have phenomenal male mentors in my life that did value me for the right things. And I think that if we can teach and empower men, then we can all kind of solve this together. And we know that we're fighting like thousands of years of gender roles. Um, but I think, I mean, a hundred years ago, women could vote. And now like we're integrating women as equals and as CEOs and as um, partners that, you know, have just as much of a voice. And it's, it is going to be bumpy and difficult to figure out that balance. But I think that as we just like continue to work at it, we're going to figure it out as we empower both women to know where their value truly does come from and men to know how to express how they feel about women. Where does our value truly come from? What do you think? I think, okay, so (laughs) this is going to sound like a cop-out, but we're all intrinsically valuable because we're children of God, right? And we all have a seed of divinity within us. Right. And that's important because, like, you have two options, right? Like, you can form your identity and measure your value based off of external factors. And then you get, you know, social media comparison and depression and anxiety and and hypersexualization. Or you can remember that you have intrinsic value as a child of God. And and that's enough. And, And, you know... You don't need to impress God, right? You don't no. you don't need to do that. That takes the pressure off. And I think yeah. part of the problem, I used to work for a, kind of a, a clickbaity company, right? Back when I was writing a few years ago. And people hate clickbait, right? Because it feels deceptive. It's a trap. And you click on it and you're like, this isn't what I was expecting. You just hooked me into this. Mm-hmm. But part of the problem is that people clicked on clickbait. Mm-hmm. And so... Yes, it was it was the fault of the people writing it, but it was also there was some blame for the people that keep clicking on it, right? Right. And so in that sense, comparing that to hypersexualization, yes, it's a problem with the media and uh Hollywood, right? Well, but, with with the way that we view women in general, I think. Right. But yeah. but part of the problem as far as like the media goes and why it's so prevalent in the media is that we're consuming it right? Both men and women. That's what we consume. If it wasn't what we consumed, then it wouldn't be there because they're, you know, trying to make money. Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a little bit here. Actually, no, I'm just going to state a contrary opinion. (laughs) Okay. The media, I think, is just a, a byproduct of this problem. I have been sexualized by friends, by family members, by coworkers. Um, I have been valued for my appearance by the tangible real people in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, forget like, like I've done a lot of traveling and just even by strangers on the street, just like people constantly commenting on my appearance. Sometimes it's creepy. Um, I think that it has to start actually with us and our communities and our families. And then eventually the media problem is going to solve itself. Because I think there are so many sexist ideals within even the church community as we continue to tell women, like, you must dress modestly. I was told when I was a young woman, like, cover your shoulders and, like, don't be too revealing so that you can, like, help the young men with their thoughts. That was something I was told. And we need to get rid of stuff like that Hmm. in order for women to feel empowered to place their value in the fact that they are a daughter of God and they, they have intrinsic worth. 
when they're reminded by church leaders and families and friends that they need to be beautiful and sexy in order to have any value, that's where it needs to start. Mm. And we need to be better at telling our brothers and our classmates and calling stuff out. When I, when I saw those comments on the TED Talk YouTube video going back to the beginning of the episode, I flagged those. I, I reported them as harassing someone in the video because that's not okay. That's not right. And we need to not let that happen. And even like good people do it because they just don't know. So we have to educate people and not allow it to continue in our communities. And I think eventually the media will catch up because women are smart. And um, if we respect them more in our communities, I think that they're going to feel that intrinsic respect from their peers and family. It's hard. It's a, it's a, it's a culture that needs to change. I, I will push, I'll give the, the church a little bit of credit because the modesty concept, like the principle, like they're trying to teach something that's important. Maybe we just need to be teaching it in a better way. That isn't that's true of a lot of things. Yeah. Church, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that that extends into a lot of other faiths as well with even just the modesty thing. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Hmm. But teaching them, like, you have so much value, it's okay that you you don't have to feel like you have to show so much skin and, like, be sexy. I think that's the point of modesty. They're saying you don't have to value yourself on this, but it often comes out as, please do this so that you don't turn on the priesthood or, like, you don't, like, distract them. We need to change the rhetoric. And so I would just suggest one practical tip, which is to... When you're about to compliment a girl, um, see if you can just like pause and compliment her on something not physical first. There's nothing wrong with physical compliments. I mean, like I love getting complimented on, you know, when someone says, oh, I love your hair. That's fun. Like, thank you. I appreciate that. But if we were to not make that our gut like instinct to compliment people on their appearances, but rather try and say, hey, you're such a nice person. I really like enjoy the conversation we have or something. I think that that's something we can do today to start to eliminate this problem. Wise words. Thanks for letting me kind of word vomit all over you. Um, I think it's important and I think that it's great to have these conversations. So thanks, David. Um, We are actually going to dive into these topics even deeper. We know we just barely scratched the surface. So please comment below if you have other things along this topic that you would like to hear more about. And uh, we'll, we'll get into it more. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.